with Jenny Lehman and Tyler Acomas. Oklahoma's going to be at 19, and I thought about moving them up a little bit higher because I like a lot of the pieces that Oklahoma has. Oklahoma went 0-5 in one-score games last year, okay? So basically the exact opposite of TCU. Now they're bringing their quarterback back in Dylan Gabriel. They got way better in the transfer portal, by the way, in particular on the defensive side. You've got Deshaun McCullough, uh, Jacob Lacey, Andrell Anthony, the wide receiver from Michigan, Reggie Pearson. They were fourth in the country in high school recruiting, including five-star safety, including, by the way, four, what is it, three players in the top 16 in the country. OU could have a big splash season. If there was a team in the top top 10 that I would say, like, if I had to bet they wouldn't be in the top 10 at the end of the year, it would be Florida State. If there was a team 10 to 20 that I would put an asterisk in, I would say if you had to bet at, at a team entering the top 10 by the end of the year, who would it be? I would say Oklahoma. The fact that they lost those one-score games, I believe that they're going to be a riser. I think they can get back to double digits, and I think that they're a, a pretty good team. I like what Brent Venables is doing. There you go. Josh Pay talking about <laughs> Oklahoma. Uh, that's funny. <laughs> no, that's uh, that's our guy, Mr. Clatt, talking about University of Oklahoma. Thinks that um, there could be a chance that they end up having a pretty good season and perhaps end up as a top 10 football team by the end of the year. Let's see if that checks out. Uh, OU, the, te- the team from 10 to 20, he'd be least surprised, uh, ends up in the top 10. Tennessee at 10, Utah at 11, Oregon at 12, Notre Dame at 13, jeez, Clemson all the way back at 14, TCU at 15, Oregon State at 16, Texas at 17, Kansas State at 18, Oklahoma at 19, and then Ole Miss at 20. No, hang on. Those are who? those are his. Okay. Post, that's his post spring twenty five. Uh, post spring top twenty five. I think that's reasonable. There's some other two. I, I think Clemson. If that offense is a lot better, they'll definitely end up in the top ten. Uh, you know, I like Oregon quite a bit. Think they have a chance to win the Pac twelve this year. So yeah, I can definitely see that for OU. There's just some other candidates that I like there as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Clemson is interesting. I think that they. Uh, I would I would think that they have a big improvement uh, offensively. See what Garrett Riley does with that scheme. There, they've continued to be strong on the defensive side. Uh, you know, they've had some injury issues. They've had some quarterback issues. Right. Are are you sold on Klubnik? Um, I mean, I, I'm sold on Klubnik in terms of them winning the ACC. I mean, does that answer your question? Like, I, I think he's absolutely good enough for them to get back to the playoff this year. Um, Especially with Garrett Riley as the offensive coordinator. I got some confidence that uh, quarterback can be a strength for them. Sure, yeah. I, I feel like, hmm, I think it's interesting. Uh Uyunga Lele last year was – he struggled. Their offense was not good. He struggled uh, throwing the football. They struggled running the football as a team. Just offense was not great. And Klubnik came in at a couple different times. Like he, I think he got the start the last couple of games of the season, right? North Carolina and then against Tennessee in the, in the bowl game. But – 
I almost feel like it's the he's getting the credit for stepping in and performing okay when it felt like he when he provided a spark and I didn't yeah. watch every single snap. It felt like it was more in the run game than it was throwing the ball down the field. Kind of scrambling. What, what game was it where he came in late I, it, and saved it? it? He, he, was, he was running the ball, and then there was a penalty late that really helped him. I think it was the Syracuse game at home where they won 27-21. I think that that was it. I think that's right. And if I remember right, like, he did come in. He, he, he gave a spark, but like statistically he still wasn't any good. Two for right? four with 19 yards and then – Six carries for 15 yards. It, I think that yeah. there was like some um, after-the-play penalties that really helped right. him in a spot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Like, looking at it now, it was, oh, it wasn't as impressive as I thought. So, I, I feel like – and he may be way better. This is just like I'm, I'm more asking a question than I am anything. Like, is there a chance that it was like the, the classic backup quarterback situation where – Maybe. We yeah. hate our starters so much – that if anyone that comes in off the bench can do anything that's positive at all, we absolutely love the guy. So I guess I, I'm, I'm open to the fact that they're going to be much better on offense, but I guess I need to see it to believe it. He says Florida State, the most uh, likely team in the top ten to end up outside the top ten at the end of the year. Let's see. He's got Georgia at one, Michigan at two, Ohio State at three, Bama at four, all those kind of check out so far. Then, then here's where it gets interesting. Penn State at five, USC at six, LSU at seven, Florida State at eight, Washington at nine, and Tennessee at ten. You agree with Florida State in that group, most likely to end up outside the top ten? No. Um, if I th- you split in the month of September, you're they're going to be in a pretty good spot to, to end up in the top ten at the end of the year. I think USC – is one because they have a brutal schedule. Back half is, is is really tough. And I think Tennessee is one. Um, I like Tennessee, but and I like what Milton looked like late. But you know, he's he's unproven for an entire season. Like they had a ton of experience on that team from a year ago. Hookers, it was his like sixth year right as a as a quarterback experience is hard to replace um they play georgia late they're at alabama that's gonna be that's gonna be tough after beating alabama a year ago and then going to tuscaloosa yeah yeah so that's gonna be that's gonna be tough for them um mike because it's not gonna take much if you lose to georgia late like a late loss can bump you out of the top 10 so I would say USC, I'd say Tennessee, and there was one more in there that Washington. Um, I, I kind of, the more I look at Washington, the more I, I, I love their quarterback, Michael Penix Jr., and they got a couple of good wide receivers too. Yeah. No, I really like Washington. I think they're going to have a good year. I guess my point with Washington is pedigree. I, you're not going to be able to sneak up on anyone. You went in eleven and two last year, won a bowl game. You beat Texas. Um, you know they're they're at Michigan State in their non-comp. Uh, the third game should win that one. Uh, at USC, at Oregon State's going to be a tough game. Uh, they they go they're they're at USC, Utah at home, at Oregon State. 
in a three-game stretch in November. That's a tough late-season stretch. Yeah, it is. So, uh, Washington's just won because – But there's probably only one game this year where they won't have the better quarterback, and it's that USC game. Do you see another game there where it's a slam dunk where they won't have the better quarterback? I guess they'll play Oregon, Oregon right? And yeah, Utah. with Bo Nix. Yeah. But I, I think Michael Penix Jr. is better than Cam Rising. Maybe I'm not giving Cam Rising the credit he deserves, but just naturally talented, I, I take Penix. He's, he's a better thrower of the football. He's probably more talented, but Cam Rising's scrappiness like, makes up for a lot. Yeah. You know, so um, he's. He's probably the better quarterback against um, against Oregon and against Utah, but it doesn't take much for either one of those guys to outplay him. Uh, text line does not like Penn State in the top five. Penn State top five. Oh yeah, five. that was the other one. Penn State doesn't belong if they're replacing a quarterback, right? Ohio Sooner miss me with Penn State being a top five team as long as they have to play Ohio State and Michigan every year. Uh, turns out, yes, they still play Ohio State and Michigan every single year. Let's see. PSU, they were 11-2 and two last year. Won the Rose Bowl. Now, here's the thing. They're still going to have um, r- a really good running game. Well, the, both those both those dudes are just sophomores, right? Yeah. Yeah. They're going to have a really good running game. They're both really good. Uh, at Illinois, the third game of the year is not going to be an easy game. Um, and I know that they lost their defensive coordinator to Wake, but um, that's not going to be an easy game. At Ohio State, uh, at Michigan State, you know. But, you know, their schedule for playing Ohio State and playing Michigan, right, outside of that, and those two games are spread out quite a bit, October 21st at Ohio State, um, November 11th, Michigan at home. Every other game is... It's just the same question with them as always. Can they beat Ohio... Really, can they beat Ohio State? They, they've beaten Michigan here and there. I don't think that they've done it recently. I feel like Michigan ran for about 5,000 yards against them last year. But Penn State's got to figure out a way to beat Ohio well, State. They can lose to both Ohio State and Michigan and still be a top-10 football team. Um, that... It'll much, just be more of the same from them, finishing third in their own division. That though. much has been proven. The, the the real thing for them is they absolutely have to hold serve on the rest of the season. They can't have any hiccups anywhere, which you know is asking a lot for them. Uh, a couple of texts on the uh, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Klatt has always stuck up for OU. Is there a connection? He well, he played against OU. And I don't know. Is there a connection? I mean, other than – other he than calling for, their games yeah. and being around the program quite a bit. We used to have him on, on, I wouldn't say a regular basis, but maybe two times a football season. And he always said, like, yeah, I've been kind to OU. I've been good to OU. But when it's time to not be kind to OU, that's how I'm going to play that. And yep. there, were some, there, there were definitely some times last year where that was the case. But it does feel like, in terms of, like, national media guys – Clat is kinder to OU than maybe anyone else out there. Look for that to change. I think part of that is, number one, it's easy to it, – you should do that whenever you look at the history of the program, right? The last 20 years, football team has been, for the most part, outside of uh, only a few rare exceptions, has been a really, really good team that is competitive at the top of the sport. 
So you let that play out. I mean, if you pick OU to be good and you've done that the last 20-some years, most of the time you've been right. Um, the other part of it is, let's be honest, it is it is good for Clatt and good for Fox, who he works for, when Oklahoma is good, right? And, and their games are relevant and people want to watch. They're a big draw. So I, there is, I'm guessing, a little bit of rooting interest there for Clatt to have an elite Oklahoma team that's got a chance. And I think it helps, too, that he's a media member that has seen Oklahoma play at a very high level. I, I think that there's definitely a respect factor that goes in there for Joe Clatt, yeah. you know? Yeah. You know, maybe they're not the program that they were in 2003 when he was going against that defense in Boulder, but I, I do think that that's been a factor for him for a while. And, you know, frankly, he is – I don't take him as a guy that's I think he I think he plays it really as he sees it and is not hunting clicks. He's not he's not trying to impress with any dramatic hot takes. He's not trying to pick some random team and and really like back them and try and get a bunch of media attention about this great pick that he's got preseason and who's going to be good. I think he just kind of calls it as he sees it. And when you call it as you see it, like a lot of the same teams are good every year, and you just kind of lean on those teams for, for who you pick to win a lot of games. So OU gets a junior college defensive end today. He's listed as an edge on 24-7 sports. Mm-hmm. But he uh, he played one year at Butler County Community College or Butler Community College in El Dorado, Kansas last year, one year. Three years of eligibility remaining. Sounds like he'll join the team this summer. He is a scholarship guy with three years of eligibility remaining. Six foot six, two fifty five is what he's listed at. He's got some. And so that's that's really kind of that's what you look at immediately and say, all right, I, uh, I like that. Don't know much about him, but I like the size. I like the frame. Yeah. I, outside of that, has has been a uh, pretty much under the radar guy. I guess he's got a couple of uh, D one. Offers that are out there, people that um, have been sniffing around a little bit for him. Outside of that, apparently he's had like the the OU commits in his Twitter bio. He just never is. He's not very active on social media, so people just found. I don't know how long he's been committed, but people found out today for the first time who he <laughs> is and that he was committed to OU. Oh uh, yeah, I've been here since uh, January. Uh, <laughs> yeah, sorry guys. Actually played in the spring game. Played you in the spring game. Notice had a had a tackle for loss and a half sack. Yeah, Lane Jenkins. We'll see. Don't know a whole lot about him. But we we can kind of look into it a little bit. Like edge and defensive end, they, they they need more production there. However, they have a good amount of bodies there. Would would this add at that position tell you that? So like Troy Everett, for example. Added him, what, a week and a half ago or so. And that was more about, I mean, yeah, he's a good player, but they needed a backup center. Like, they just they, they really needed a backup center at that spot. Right. Would you say this is because they have to have depth there? Or he's six foot six, two 255, and maybe showed some nice things last year, and they wanted to add him just because he's a really good player, not necessarily for depth purposes. I don't think it's for depth purposes. I think, and hopefully I'll find out more soon, but – I think it's probably a uh, a developmental guy that they see has an elite frame uh, and some really nice physical traits. Don't know how he moves. Don't know any anything other than 
He's 6'6 and 255, and a lot of times that's good enough to get you in the door. Uh, I wouldn't expect that he's going to be a guy that factors into the rotation this coming year. It's probably going to be a learning curve for him. Um, I think it's a I think it's a developmental position with a guy that perhaps has a pretty good ceiling considering his his frame. I I I consider at least right now defensive end slash edge to be one of the deepest spots on the football team. Yeah. I mean, you have your two starters from a year ago that are back and I I don't I don't know like I would probably say that I doubt they're going to be the starters this year, you know, this this coming season. Um, it, they're at least going to have their work cut out to earn that spot. You have a, a top transfer that's going to be really good. You've got a five-star youngin that's that's getting better week by week. And, you know, uh, transfer portal and Trace Ford. Uh, young guy in our Mason Thomas. Stripling, who's a vet. Uh, you got a bunch of capable bodies there. So, I, it's – it's not a depth play to me. It's a developmental play and maybe try and get in on him before he goes out and has some huge season in junior college and everyone in the country. Yeah, just one year at Juco, not two years. Right. So that would tell me that, that that's, that's how I would lead as well. It's like, yeah, not, not someone that's going to compete this year necessarily, but two or three years down the way, we'll see. And some are excited about the possibility that his last name starts with a J and his first name is Lane. Lane Johnson was also a uh, JUCO ad at one point. Now, he came in as, what, a quarterback, switched to tight end, and then the offensive line. But, you, hey, you're grasping at anything at this point this time of the year. Hey, There's an LJ before that came from JUCO and ended up being a great player. He's 6'6", 255. I'm not saying he couldn't be a future uh, tackle for Oklahoma. He's, he's got the frame there. Now, what junior college did Lane Johnson go to? Was he at El Dorado, Kansas? <laughs> I don't think so. Okay. I think it was somewhere in the state of Texas, nice. I want to say. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming. Keep hitting the text line, 651-3439. We'll be back. This is the Ref Sports Radio Network. At Landers Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Norman, we're feeling good. How good? The hottest selection in town good. Plus, during the Memorial Day sales event, Get incredible deals, like $14,000 off the 2022 Jeep Grand Cherokee 4. Central Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers bringing you this hour of the rush. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman inside the Buffalo Wild Wings studios. Sean Payton is officially back. He's officially back Uh in the NFL. I saw a graphic today by Barstool. Uh, apparently, Sean Payton to Ben DiNucci after he threw a pick six in practice. Quote, there's a greeting job at Walmart. So, <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Not nearly as mean as uh, the things that Urban Meyer would say to his players, be it Joe Burrow or his uh, kicker, Josh mm. Lambeau with the Jacksonville Jags. But that's a way to announce your Man. presence, huh? Yeah, I feel bad, old DiNucci coming back in, uh, to the NFL after a little – Stint in the XFL. It's like hey, uh, there's a greeting job at Walmart. That throws a pick six. Thanks, coach. Appreciate it. Which is such a stupid thing to say to a player. You know, it's like is is Ben DiNucci, who's he's got a couple of NFL starts under his belt, right? Uh, for the uh, Cowboys, right? Right. 
as if he's going to go from getting cut from the Broncos to applying for a greeter job at Walmart, you know? Come on, Coach. Now, Jimbo Fisher might to no. uh, get all that buyout from Texas A&M, but, yeah, not Ben, not ben DiNucci. And he's, you know, he he's actually would be good at that job, talking to everyone that walks in. Hey, what you, hey, can I see the receipt before you get out of here? Let's see. Yeah, got the TP on there. Got the Cheez-Its on there as well. That mouthwash, too. All right, you're good to go. <laughs> I uh, I hosted an uh, SEC football show earlier today. Yeah. And they scheduled a Georgia guy on. And so I asked the Georgia guy, I said, hey, Georgia will be preseason number one this year, yada, yada, yada. But, like, what's what's a real weakness this team? Or is, like, basically, are there any concerns with this team going into the summer? And he said, um, not really, man. <laughs> I, had, I was basically fishing for, like, what's something to worry about with this team, like, personnel-wise? And it was, yeah, they're kind of really good all over the place, and no one's really worried about any particular position. I guess it's good to be Georgia at this point. I guess. Mm. How is it not quarterback? I gave him an opportunity to say quarterback, and I don't know how good they feel about it, but they're not worried about QB. Yeah, well, I, I know – what do we say? Is Beck? Is that who it is? Carson Beck, Carson yeah. Beck. I, I'm sure he's fantastic. I'm sure he's got a great pedigree. I'm sure he was a – was he a five-star recruit? I mean, I'm, I'm sure he was highly recruited if not. Um, but there's a lot of highly recruited kids – that look great in the off season, but whenever the regular season rolls around and things speed up and you're not getting the look that you necessarily practice for or the pressure, whatever, that stuff can build up and guys can fold, man. It's not a hundred percent hit. Now, does he have enough pieces around him that even if he's not great, that they'll be able to su- survive? Yeah, probably. But maybe not. Like maybe you find it out at the worst time, and you actually you're up against a team that's had a couple of plays ball bounce their way. It's fourth quarter. It's a one possession game. Um, you need to come back. You need to go down and, and put one in the end zone. He throws a pick. Like you just don't know. Like rarely does everything just unfold. The way it's absolutely supposed to. Luckily for Georgia, if uh, that is the case, he's a little shaky early on. They can ease him into the situation with the schedule that they have. Yeah. At Tennessee, he's going to be tough. But outside that, it's, uh, it's a pretty manageable schedule. Yeah. At Auburn, South Carolina early. Jeez, that is it. For SEC standards, it's a very, very easy schedule. That's wild. Hmm. All right. Like that, that's got to end. Oh, it will end. It will end for them next year. It will they, they, maybe. I, I mean, at least I think so. We'll, we'll see if the because uh, the SEC spring meetings are two weeks from the day in Destin. So hopefully we find out pretty soon if it's that three six or one eight schedule model. Right. And maybe who who even the uh, three permanent opponents are. Yeah. I. They're gonna have to. They're gonna to have to iron something out pretty quickly. Like if they don't, if they don't get get it decided coming out of those meetings, they better be really, really close, right? And 
I would guess by the middle of the summer they by need media to, day they they announce something they've, potentially. They've sure. got to have something ironclad to put that start putting that schedule together. Get because teams got to start making preparations. I mean, I guess they don't have to, but they would like to know kind of what the future holds. Knipplemeyer Chevrolet text line, Teddy. I got a question: Was BV's defense and Mike's defense the same, or do they both call plays in different scenarios? Um, it was the same. I believe Mike not believe Mike actually called the plays, but I think that they were I think they were pretty much in lockstep on on what to do. Like they may have like a little bit of a discussion in a in a situation as to what they want, but at that time I believe Mike was uh the one who called you it. You mean they were in lockstep before the game started because <laughs> no, during during the game, there was pan over to the sidelines and uh, everyone's yelling at each other over there. There'd be some discussions, but man, I'll tell you right now, the I, m- most of the time, whenever we were good defensively, we didn't do a whole lot. We didn't do a whole lot. We had we had you know some blitz packages. We had a third down deal that we did uh, three man front. Third down, uh, but like when you got D straight and Wolfolk over there, and well, that's what? what we did is we played, we played cover two, probably, probably seventy percent of the snaps. Yeah, two as much of a lockdown corners as you could hope for in college football with the best, you know, Roy. Well, they back didn't there have to be best. locked down. They were, they were. Zone, sure. Flat corners. That I, just I'm just beat saying, like up. what they were overall as corner. Like you throw yeah. all that in there with Brandon Everidge and Roy Williams. Like, y- yeah, I, I guess you don't have to get too exotic in those situations. Yeah, we always had good underneath zone coverage. Like the the hard part about zone is you've got like teams can really exploit the middle of the field on you if you're not if you don't have good zone players in the middle of the field underneath. Um, with your backers and your nickel, uh, like because you can you could roll corners up, play cover two, just have those guys beat the wide receivers up on the outside, not let them get releases. You got help over the top in half field safeties. Like the the hole is the middle of the field, and if you've got good players at you know zone coverage at linebacker, you can stay in that all day long. But you also have to be able to play the run a man short with two two safeties over the top and we were able to do that with with some some other things that we did up front and if you can if you can stop the run and play cover two at the same time you're going to be very very difficult to beat 402 says overdime pirate five yep probably about 50 times a game 405 i would be a little concerned if two or no if two or no five-star quarterbacks for two years could not push Stetson Bennett out of that job. There's some Stetson Bennett. I mean, he, he was he was pretty good. Did you see that thing going around that he didn't graduate? That, that he hasn't graduated, even though he's may, may been make him even more of a legend that he know. spent that many years at Georgia, won two national championships, and never got his degree. <laughs> Epic. Yeah, that's the that's the life, man. Epic. Uh, he may he may have came in uh, that that he JUCO. 
That Juco uh, class load was probably pretty light whenever he showed up at Georgia. It would be awesome if he didn't even get an associate's degree while he was in his entire <laughs> collegiate career. Now, that would be awesome. That's great. Uh, by the way, Sean sent something uh, funny er- earlier on. Spring 2024 storyline. I guarantee you it will be who are this team's leaders. When you look at who's gone off last year's team, who are this team's leaders? It's joined death and taxes. Low-hanging media fruit. And I yeah. do think that there's a lot of truth to that. Well, I mean, Eric Gray was a leader on that offense last year. Running back, how are they going to replace that leader there? It is low-hanging fruit when you talk about any team. Well, Stetson Bennett was a leader last year for Georgia. Like, you got to replace him at quarterback, but you got to replace his leadership as well. Yeah, you know, we've dodged that for the most part. Whenever you have a quarterback coming back, there's less of that because, I mean, it's natural, but – media tends to default as the quarterback is the leader of the football team, which, you know, is not always the case. And, in fact, I would say that often it's not the case. Um, but, yeah, it's if, – if you're asking who the leaders on the team are, that means there's not a whole lot else to talk about. Or you just panic and you don't have another question. It's like the – it's the loaded question that you always have whenever you, you're stumbling over yourself. Well, I think uh, we've got a lot of leaders on this team. I don't think that we just have a team that has one or two leaders. I look at several guys who have the potential to be leaders on this team. It's a low-hanging fruit question by the media, and you probably get the same response just about every time from a coach. Everyone, you've got we've got 100 leaders, which I guess means everyone's going in a different direction, right? You can only have one leader. Well, you can have a, you can have a handful of guys, I guess, but uh, I think that's often made much too big of a deal. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Here's some things that caught my eye next. This is the Ref Sports Radio Network. At Lander's Chevy of Norman, we're feeling good. How good? Jumping into summer savings good. And the hottest selection in town good. Plus, right now, get incredible savings on our best-selling trucks, like up to $77.50 off MSRP on any new 2023 light-duty Silverado with a 2.7-liter engine. So feel good all summer long and shop Lander's Chevrolet of Norman and LandersChevroletNorman.com. Find new roads. WAC, see dealer for details. We interrupt this call to bring you a special message. <clears throat> the Big New Yorker is back. Say hello to six extra large slices, big enough to hold more cheese on a crispy, fluffy crust that you've got to fold just to eat. I mean, you don't have to fold it, just a suggestion. Pizza is the preferred pizza of the Oklahoma Sooners. Order online now at PizzaHut.com. And remember, no one out pizzas the hut. The Ref Radio Sports Network has the Sooner State covered. Yo, that's crazy. From Norman to Lawton, Clinton, Oklahoma City, Tulsa, and beyond. That's a lot of potatoes. And when you're away, never miss a second with a KREF app. And is for anywhere and anytime at all. Search KREF in the App Store on your favorite device. All the Sooner coverage you want, when you need it, with the KREF app. The Ref Sports Radio Network. Reliable, fast, affordable. OEC Fiber was founded on the same principles that brought us OEC 85 years ago. We are reinvesting in Oklahoma by bringing high-speed fiber services to your homes, 
businesses, and schools. Make sure to visit us today at oecfiber.com to get started. OEC Fiber, we're taking internet, phone, and TV services where no one else will. Talking to your kids about the dangers of vaping can be hard. Getting them to listen to hot gossip is easy. So here's some drama you could share with your kid. Dude, did you hear about Cassie and Jake? No, but did you hear that vaping can cause irreversible lung damage and nicotine affects brain development? <gasps> Nuh-uh. You don't need to gossip if you want to have an open conversation about vaping. So if you want to get tips on when and how to talk to your kids, visit talkaboutvaping.org. Brought to you by the American Lung Association and the Ad Council. Every three hours, somebody's hit by a train in the United States. Many of these incidents involve new drivers. A train hitting your car would be like this hammer hitting a full can of soda. What? Actually, Tommy, a train hitting your car would be like a car crushing a soda can with you and all your passengers inside. Pay attention to crossing signs and warning signals and always expect the train at any railroad crossing. Go check out our full video and enter to win prizes at oli.org slash drivesafe. Landmark Fine Homes is a custom home builder in Oklahoma City. Our commitment is to build energy-efficient, custom-quality, crafted homes around the metro OKC area. If you are looking to build your first home or last, Landmark Fine Homes is the builder for you. We have many floor plans to choose from, or bring us one that you already have. We have communities throughout the metro where we will build on your lot. Call 405-347-5991 and let Landmark Fine Homes help turn your dreams into a reality. With custom signs and graphics from Fast Signs, you can say anything. Invite the world to discover that thing that makes your business unmistakably yours. Make your statement in lights or metal on a van, across the windows. Make it unforgettable. Together, anything is possible. Bright ideas, brilliantly executed, can turn the mundane into the marvelous. Transforming your space begins at our place. Power your business visibility and make your statement with Fast Signs. Call Fast Signs of Norman, 405-701-2890. West Yalagosny Law is bringing you what caught Teddy's eye when you call a law firm. Do you want to actually talk to a lawyer? WYG communication is a priority. West Yalagosny Law, 405-800-8080. That's West Yalagosny Law, 405-800-8080. Let's get to it. Story number one is. Uh, let's start here. Did you see this um, absolute rocket shot that Aaron Judge hit last night? Well, I saw the drama surrounding the rocket okay. shot last night. What do you make of it? Was he? Were they trying to give him some type of signal? What's going on? It's weird for a hitter, um, you know. And I know that he's really good and he's at the top of his game, but it's weird that a hitter out in a bat. While a pitcher is engaged, it's not like, you know, he's got one foot out of the box and the pitcher's off the rubber. No, they're engaged. He's getting close to delivery, and Aaron Judge is looking over. It looked weird. It looked very weird. It looks and, weird. And, and honestly, that was really great work by the broadcast team in yeah. real time to notice that. Yeah. And, and maybe it's I, – I don't think it's necessarily just as easy as that, but they – didn't take it too far, but they pointed it out and saying, huh, it's that's odd. that's right. that's very odd. And it got even more odd that he hit the rocket that you're talking about I mean, as a home run. Absolute ball. So he was asked about it after the game, right. and he said, a lot of chirping from our dugout, which I really didn't like in the situation where it's a 6-0 game. 
I was trying to see who was chirping in the dugout. Now, Aaron Judge seems like a really good guy. By all reports, mm-hmm. he is a good guy. But I just have a hard time believing that. That right in the middle of the at-bat like that, with all the focus that it takes, that he's like staring in the dugout like that right before the pitch. Right. Now, here's the thing. The only reason I believe it is because if there was any uh, shenanigans or anything going on over there that could be taken as some type of sign that off-speed is coming or something like that, like I feel like it would have already been out. Like they would have been saying, "Look at this guy. Look here. Look, you know." But I don't know. Um, it had a weird feeling to it whenever he lines because they're talking about it before he hits the home run, and then he just hits an absolute <laughs> 114 mile. I haven't watched exit. every single at bat this year for him, but I would be inclined to believe it's probably the hardest ball he's hit all season long. And it looks like he's. It looks effortless, doesn't it? Oh yeah. It's, it's amazing. Um, I don't know if you're a big swimsuit issue, but... I know someone someone that is in the local media. <laughs> well, Martha Stewart on the cover at 81. What do you think? Are I, do you know anyone that's bought the swimsuit episode or issue in the last 10 years? I, it's, still no. a, it's still a big deal. Um, but I, I feel like it was a, a bigger deal ten years ago. Is that is that fair? And, and and I guess like how many people still subscribe to Sports Illustrated? That would be like I don't think as many people subscribe to it anymore. Maybe that's why it's not as big of a deal. I don't even know. Do they have a hard copy of on it on newsstands anymore? No idea. No clue. And I don't think you could say ten. I think you got to go twenty years ago. Maybe. I, there was a time where um, this was the most anticipated moment of the entire year right um not necessarily the case anymore but i just thought that that was interesting will you buy one will you see what martha got going on how about if i actually see one somewhere that's for sale i'll buy one (laughs) but i don't think i'll see one um last thing i got joe burrow is apparently they're they're negotiating a a contract for old joe burrow right now what do you think is going to happen I think he's probably going to be the highest paid player in the league, and Jalen Hurts will now be the third highest paid player or quarterback in the NFL. Listen to this. This is what Joe uh, Burrow said today at some media availability when asked about contract negotiations. He said, well, you know, whenever you have guys on on your team that need to be paid, you want to make that a focal point. Dude, I think – I think he's going to shock the world by taking far less than his market value. Be a great move for him, man. Keep Chase. Endorsement deals that he can get. Yeah, keep keep Jamar Chase for sure. And what's been their big uh, bugaboo the past couple of years? Offensive line, right? Help rebuild that offensive line a little bit. They do that because they've already made one Super Bowl, and they were close to doing it a year ago. That could be – Kansas City and Cincinnati is about to be. That's going to be the biggest game on the year for a while. But Cincinnati can maybe take the you know because Kansas City's had good offensive lines. Right, Cincinnati yeah. hasn't. Yeah, it's it's crazy that he can take a thirty million dollar a year deal, and I he could he could he could sign fifty million dollars a year, easy, no problem. But he could take a thirty million and save them twenty a year. And like the thirty million dollars 
is still like would have been the biggest contract in in the NFL five years ago. So I think he's going to make a ton of money, but I think he's going to leave room for his star players and and his team to still be able to operate. And if he does that, hats off because I think more guys should. You know, they always talk about how the salary cap salary cap continues to go up in the NFL. Uh, guys are making more and more money. No, they're not. Quarterbacks are making more and more money. All right, a handful of positions are going up, and everyone else is kind of fighting over what's left. I think this would be huge for Joe Burrow. First story for me: You big Pat McAfee fan? Just just overall, like um, him, love him, dislike him, a little too much. No, he he's a bit too much for me, but I still like him. I I can appreciate what he does, but it's. It's mostly over the top for what I enjoy, but I don't have anything against the guy. Pat McAfee is walking away from his $120 million deal with FanDuel to join Mm. ESPN. The show is expected to remain on YouTube, and McAfee will bring his crew with him. He will earn more than $10 million per year at ESPN. Walking away from a $120 million deal with FanDuel, that's tough, and some are coming after ESPN a little bit, saying, how hypocritical is this? You just had more than 7,000 layoffs at Disney a couple of weeks ago. Now you're giving Pat McAfee $10 million a year. Because he brings an audience. He does bring an audience. He brings an audience. I don't know what And the... Aaron Rodgers interviews. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, if anything. Like, if you got a regular Aaron Rodgers appearance on ESPN, um, like, especially if their season's good or if it's bad, who knows? But... That's interesting. He's walking away from a $120 million contract, $30 million a year, to take a $10 million a year deal at ESPN. That's interesting. Yeah. LSU and Florida State kickoff time announced. They'll play on that Sunday of Labor Day, 6.30 prime time on ABC in Orlando. And, buddy, I, uh, I cannot wait to watch that football game. Standalone game on that Sunday, that is going to be sweet. Who is it? LSU and Florida State. Yeah. Week one. That is, man, that's. They played on that Sunday a year ago on uh, on Labor Day weekend. They're doing it again in 630 window. This time a little bit more hyped of a matchup. Wow. That is big. Um, that's interesting. It's not. Why is it not listed on uh, ESPN's schedule page? It, anyways, doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, that's, that's going to be. Uh, unfortunately, someone's going to have to. Like, I don't think that game, it's a big game. Two teams that you want to see. Two teams that are legitimate contenders. And I think the good thing about it being as early as it is, it's it's not going to eliminate either one of them. No, some people back. are going to act like that's going to be the take afterwards is, oh, well, Florida State is obviously not as good as we thought that they were. Or LSU, it was all. Right. But LSU lost that game last year and won the SEC West. You're right. right. The loser can be okay. Unless it's – um. You know, unless it's some type of blowout, right? Sure. But if you have a good football game, I don't think it's it's going to be uh, negative for either one of them. Last one, Jackson Mahomes not looking good huh. today. The brother of Patrick Mahomes, he is accused of grabbing a woman by the throat three times in disturbing new allegations. Uh, Jackson reportedly told the victim not to tell anyone. Quote, he then grabbed her by the throat, forcing her head back and kissed her and put his tongue in her mouth. And apparently he repeated the act two more times, seconds apart. Hmm. So. Well, 
the, so these are new. This is different than what's already going Mahomes on. Holmes was recently arrested and charged with three counts of aggra- aggravated sexual battery and an additional count of misdemeanor battery. Huh. Well, there you go. When it rains, it pours. Wow. Well. Already unlikable, and this makes him even more unlikable to most the, people, uh, just about everyone. The TikTok dances on the sideline, probably not going to be um, around anymore, I'm guessing. So, hmm. We can only hope. Please, yeah. please, please <laughs> let that be the uh, result of all of this. All right, quick timeout. We'll I'm come back. I'm not even back. on TikTok. <laughs> Wrap up our number two next. This is the Ref Sports Radio Network. At Lander's Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Norman, we're feeling good. How good? The hottest selection in town good. Plus, counts on the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. In honor of all those we've lost to cancer and those still fighting and thriving, like basketball analyst Dick Vitale. I want to beat cancer. I'm going to beat it. That's no doubt in my mind. I'm going to win this battle. Defeating cancer will take all of us. At the V Foundation, V is for victory over cancer. V is for victory over giving up. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. Join our team in the fight against cancer at V.org. It's the rush on the ref live from the Buffalo Wild Wings studio on this Tuesday. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. Is there a real thought out there that these ACC teams are going to find a way to exit their grant of rights contracts and roll into another conference? I know there's a magnificent seven. I'm looking at I'm looking at an article right now on 24/7 about uh, which conference each ACC team would fit best in. I just don't feel like it's a realistic situation where seven of those schools are going to leave the ACC and go elsewhere. I unless I'm totally missing something. I don't see it. I don't know that there's anyone necessarily that is just clamoring. Well, that's the thing. Like Virginia Tech, best fit if they leave the ACC, Big Ten. Um, how attractive of a commodity is Virginia Tech right now? They were three and eight last year. Virginia, Big Ten is their best fit apparently. NC State is the SEC. God, would the SEC really want NC State? Clemson is the SEC. Right. The the reason. Okay, here's the thing. I think that I think the SEC of all of those schools, the the one that the SEC would want, I guess if you had to find two, I would probably say it would be North Carolina and Florida State or Clemson. No, probably would it be – it wouldn't be Virginia Tech. No. Well, here's the thing. They don't They don't need – like the only reason they would add any of these teams would be to put them in a new area. Like I could see them adding North Carolina or NC State because it puts them in a, in a state that they're not currently in, right? And it, it – 
gets you more. North Carolina would make a lot more sense than North Carolina State, but yeah. I, I see. I mean, there's there's more North Carolina fans in that state than anything. But yeah. sure, so, I mean, well, to your point, like Florida State, you've got that state locked down. You've got Clemson, you've got that state you locked got down. South, like you've got South Carolina in obviously in the SEC, and they're closer to Atlanta. And you got Georgia. Like you've got that area locked down. I, I think I it'd just, be North Carolina, maybe it's still a Florida State or Clemson, though, or the two. Yeah, maybe. I just don't know that there's an appetite for it right now. That's the problem for the is. ACC. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We got the final hour next. But I know where to start.